We're in Taipei, Taiwan, in the halls of the National Palace Museum. There's people all around us, holding their audio tour headsets up to their faces. But the crowd all seems to be moving in one direction towards this one gallery. In fact, we're going to have to wait in this line before we can go inside. The line's all bunched up around one particular case. People are standing shoulder to shoulder, holding their phones above each other's heads, all just trying to get a good picture. Finally, we get to the front, and in the middle of this glass case is a cabbage. But this cabbage is incredible. It's carved from a piece of jadeite, a white and green stone. It has this long white stalk and these frilly green leaves. And it is so shiny and so translucent. The cabbage looks like it's glowing from the inside. I am going to go out on a limb here and say this is the most beautiful cabbage in the world. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And this tiny stone cabbage has a huge backstory. Today, we follow it from the treasure-laden halls of Beijing's Forbidden City through a harrowing wartime escape to its prized place at the National Palace Museum in Taiwan. We take that journey after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. This piece definitely one of the most popular pieces in our museum. And uh, for us, it's quite unusual. Not only because it's a most popular piece, but also because the material is so unusual in Chinese culture. This is Dr. Xiaoyun Wu. She's an antiquities expert at the National Palace Museum in Taiwan. When we talked to Xiaoyun, she had this PowerPoint ready with slides of the cabbage from all different angles. She points out how the artist has taken advantage of the different colors that occurred in the jadeite to create this white stalk and these green leaves. The white part is particularly impressive. Why? Because the 
JDI is kind of a material with a transparent feature. The cabbage looks transparent, so you can feel it is very fresh, it's very strong, or it's full of water. So it makes you feel this whole cabbage uh, very fresh, very good, and even very delicious. And she points to details that can be lost at first glance. Nestled there among the frilly leaves of the cabbage, there are two insects, a little locust and a grasshopper. Dr. Shayan Wu says it's unclear who made the cabbage or exactly when they made it. We do not have much records on it. We do not know much about uh, what happened to it. But it seems to have first appeared at the end of the 19th century in China's Forbidden City, the very heart of what would become Beijing. It's February 1889, and two sisters are standing outside the brilliant red walls of the Imperial Palace. The cold winter air whips at their faces. And they're probably nervous because their lives are about to change. They are about to become consorts, kind of secondary wives of the emperor. The emperor lives in just unimaginable luxury inside these palace walls, surrounded by all sorts of beautiful objects, delicately painted scrolls, satin robes embroidered with dragons and flowers, carved bronze bells for sacred music, objects that have been collected for centuries, and all for the court's eyes only. The palace is so exclusive, it's called the Forbidden City, because no commoners are allowed inside without permission. The older sister, Jin, has something beautiful of her own, part of her dowry. It is the cabbage. Carved of jadeite, it represents purity. Even the insects on top of it are symbolic. Some curators, they say that because grasshopper and the locust, uh, they can have many offsprings. People believe that they appeared on the top of the cabbage. Uh, shows that uh, people hope uh, to have many offspring, so this is a very auspicious uh, symbol. But underneath all of this aesthetic beauty, there is a deep ugliness. Life at the court is cutthroat. Jin's sister becomes the emperor's favorite consort, but that makes her an enemy of his powerful aunt, the Dowager Empress. And later, it's rumored that the Dowager has her killed, thrown down a well. There's turmoil outside the palace walls, too. In 1911, there's a revolution. China becomes a republic, and the royals become just figureheads. They live in the palace, but it's falling apart. Tiles are coming off the ceiling. Dust is covering the beautiful porcelain. In 1924, the leaders of the new republic bring a team of archivists and researchers into the Forbidden City. And they're given this enormous task. Catalog every piece of art, every scroll, every bronze, every piece of porcelain inside these walls. The inventory job has a subtext. Let's create a sense of pride and nationhood for this fragile new Chinese republic. After 10 months spent cataloging more than a million objects, in October of 1925, the palace flings open its doors to the nation. 
it's renamed the National Palace Museum. And one artifact in particular becomes a crowd favorite. You know what it is. It's the cabbage. Since it was found in Consort Jin's apartments, the curators present it as belonging to her. And it is a huge hit. No one expected it to create such a stir, wrote an archivist named Na Chi Leung. Everyone immediately fell in love with it. They don't know it yet, but the window for visitors to come and admire the cabbage is rapidly closing. War is on its way. By the 1930s, Japan is looking across the water and it has imperial designs on China. 1931, Japanese troops leave for the conquest of Manchuria. Japan, the first of this war's aggressor nations, starting out on a career of international conquest and killing. As Japan invades China's northwest, the staff of the National Palace Museum get really nervous. They wonder if they are next. So they come up with a plan for an enormous undertaking to pack up each of the museum's million objects and ship them out of the city for safekeeping. Each piece is wrapped in layers of straw and cotton wadding and paper and rice husks and packed in crates so they are completely immobile. They can't move a bit among all of this stuff. The art is packed into around 20,000 cases. And in one of those cases, nestled deep inside, is the jadeite cabbage. On a February evening in 1933, a seemingly endless convoy of trucks leaves the palace and heads for the train station. The first shipment has begun. The war continues for over a decade. And over that time, these 20,000 cases of priceless artwork go on a journey. Transported from city to city, from safe house to safe house, moving westward across China into the countryside, all trying to stay one step ahead of Japanese fighter planes as they destroy more and more of the country. These objects go first by train on trips through areas where bandits roam, so loaded machine guns are kept on top of each carriage in case of robbery. By treacherous steamship journey on rivers laden with mines and booby traps, on harrowing drives up snow-covered mountains in blizzards, and they move step by step from university basements to storage warehouses to sacred Buddhist caves up in the mountains. And remarkably, incredibly, through it all, most of this irreplaceable collection remains completely unharmed. Curator Nachi Liang wrote later that the collection's survival felt otherworldly. They were bombed without being hit and dropped without being shattered, he said. How is this real? In 1945, after more than a decade of war, Japan surrenders, and the museum staff sees a bright future ahead. They want to bring the collection back to what is now Beijing and reopen the museum. But very soon. The enemy from without has been conquered. But within, the fight has just begun. China erupts in civil war. The Chinese Communist Party has been steadily gaining footholds all throughout the country. And now, they're making a run for the whole thing. Mao's conquest of mainland China begins with his guerrillas gaining control of the rural areas. Then the cities are surrounded and isolated, engulfed and defeated. 
By the late 1940s, the tide is turning towards the communists, and the leader of the republic, Chiang Kai-shek, decides to retreat to the island of Taiwan. But he will not be leaving empty-handed. He decides to take some of the most precious objects in the Palace Museum's collection, including the jadeite cabbage. To this day, the original National Palace Museum collection is split in two between a museum in Beijing and a museum in Taipei. And the art has become a stand-in for bigger tensions. Mainland China sees Taiwan as part of its territory, and the art in Taipei's National Palace Museum as rightfully theirs. Taiwan is very careful about lending out the collection. In 2014, it agreed to send the jadeite cabbage to exhibit in Japan, but only after that country passed a law that shields foreign-owned objects from seizures. But mostly, the cabbage stays home, laying in its case in Taipei, surrounded by its fervent fan club. People like to come to our gift shop to buy a replica of Jedi cabbage to use as a wedding gift to give their uh, good wish about having many offsprings. In our uh, restaurants, you can eat very tiny, small cabbage, imitate the shape of this piece. And it's very, very popular. Special thanks to Xiaoying Wu from the National Palace Museum in Taiwan for telling us this story of the jadeite cabbage. If you're interested in the wartime evacuation of China's art, you should check out the amazing new book, Fragile Cargo, by Adam Brooks. Hollywood, this has your name all over it. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Amanda McGowan. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Gabby Gladney, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall, and I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. 
The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decodering, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by the New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.